Welcome to Householders, a conversation about American life as Zen practice. I'm Inga Annie Wade. And I'm Kyosaku John Mitchell, and we're lay members of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center. Someone I know who is not a close friend, but because I find them inaccessible, like I can't get close to this person. They're like on too high of a spiritual plane all the time. What? It's 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 hard to explain. The the it's it's a person who I it's a person who I I have I keep a sort of distance from, but at the same time I can't not listen to what they say about the world. Said something uh, a couple weeks ago about starting to feel like cursing is bad as a spiritual thing to do. And I they, I don't think that they were saying that anyone else has to do anything. I think that they were saying that they aren't going to do it anymore. But I, of course, was reflecting on this. It landed really hard on my chest. And I thought about how much cursing both my wife and I do on a daily basis. Okay. And how we do it in front of our children, not on purpose, but just constantly by accident. Mm -hmm. And how we've had a bunch of close calls with them starting to say very bad words that they shouldn't say. Um, And we have both looked at each other like, oh, no, we should we need to do something about this. And then, you know, we just forget because it's our reflex. We're like trained to do it. And I was already sensitive to the problem. And then I just thought about my own communication and you know, my relationships and the things that I'm trying to say, and even sort of the concept of right speech as a Buddhist Mm -hmm. principle and the sort of the, the, and, and the, the Jewish injunctions against bearing false witness or saying God's name in vain. And like, there's all these other speech rules in Judaism too. And it's not that I'm taking seriously that the content of the words has some sort of magical negative power. Some of them do. Necessarily, though I think, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying that's not the motive for investigating this for me. Um, the first motive was, it seems like mindfulness of speech is a very important principle, like across religious lines. Yeah. Be careful to only say the right things is a, is a, is universal guidance and then i thought about cursing in particular and what i'm expressing when i'm doing Mm -hmm. that and realized that it's first of all it's very default conditioned behavior it's not mindful speech it's me falling into patterns that i have dug out for myself as ways of speaking and the words are they're functioning most of the time as just as kind of a filler you know, as something that doesn't express what I mean, but just sort of fills and colors the, um, the, like the space between words that mean what I want to mean. 
And then in some cases, they actually mean like a negative expression, like an expression of negative energy that I am allowing to take over my body and come out of my mouth. And just lining all this up and thinking about all this, I couldn't speak another sentence after letting this hit me without watching for that. And I just decided shortly thereafter that I'm going to try and stop cursing. And I'm in my second week of it. I'm not going to say that I've completely stopped cursing. The words keep coming out of my mouth involuntarily. It's a lot less than it was before, but in certain situations like high pressure situations or, you know, very intense emotional situations, the words still slip out. And then what happens is a moment later, I realize it happened and I experience like the profound, empty bliss of no thought, you know, like Satori. And I, and then, and then a moment after that, it's like, okay, I, I did it. I have to do something. And then it's what on earth could I possibly do? What is there to be done? It already happened. Let it go. And then it's over. I don't really see it as a bad thing per se. Um, I think it definitely can be a bad thing. I said earlier, like, oh, I do think some of them have powers to them. And I'm thinking more of like slurs. Uh, words that are are meant, are created specifically to hurt people, you know, and uh, marginalize people, mainly. Then that's when I think, like, yeah, that that has power to it. And I, I, you know, never say those words because I do realize the power of, say, the N-word, which I feel like I don't have any right to actually physically ever say that word. Um, so, um, I do, I do see what you're talking about, but when I think of words like shit, it just sounds like another name for poop. If I said poop in that instance, I don't think that would be any worse in in my eyes. Like, I don't really see the difference there. (laughs) Well, that's sort of the point is that I started to substitute words like crap consciously and realize that they didn't feel any different yeah. that 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 the 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 power that was coming through in that form of speech was behind the words and that what i was really trying to do was stop expressing negative energy okay but i don't expressing negative energy why is that a bad thing well, I didn't know, but when I stopped doing it, I was filled with positive energy. So I ha- I can't I can't deny that it had a profoundly positive effect. I don't effect. I don't want to deny your positive effect uh, at all, but uh, I'm just thinking like if I'm frustrated, I don't think there's anything wrong with expressing your frustration. Like it I think that can be very healthy. I mean, I think it depends on how you do it. Um, yeah. And, you know, you're using words that are maybe not hurting other people, per se. Uh, 
like like the poop words. <laughs> Maybe they are though. <laughs> Who would they be hurting? Someone who is experiencing your intense negative energy. Well, true. Um, I mean, I, I think that does, the words are unimportant at that point. Yeah, about, that's what I'm saying. It's not about the word, the word at all. I, what I want to talk about is whether commandments about saying or not saying words are actually misleading ways of understanding why saying bad words might have an effect on the world like that that's not we don't relate you i think i speak for both of us when i say that we don't relate to commandments as ways of understanding how to transmit what's right and wrong right do you agree that like the idea of like a moral imperative that you shouldn't say bad words is not compelling on your behavior you mean like because someone said I couldn't shouldn't say something that compels me not to say it? Yeah. Possibly. There's like I said, there's words I I actually don't say. Yeah. But but the reason you don't say them is because of something very visceral for yourself. Because it hurts right? people. Right. I so it is about other people, but it's not like them saying like 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 what you're feeling when you when you realize that those words shouldn't come out of your mouth is not uh I'm not supposed to do this it's I don't want to hurt someone yeah so that's the difference that I'm pointing to is that when the word when I related to so-called curse words as these are not polite things to say yeah I didn't care about that okay but what what happened Obviously, because like I still said the words all the time in front of people, including children. But when I was presented with somebody else's experience about not saying them anymore, transforming them. And I changed my point of view on what the like the what the risks of those words are from these are words that other people don't like to these are words that affect how I feel. And I stopped, I stopped, I stopped falling into the habit of saying them and caught myself first. It changed how I feel so much that I want to train myself not to use them anymore. And it has nothing to do with what the, four letter words on the list of things that they can't say on TV mean or what other people think of those words in and of themselves. It has everything to do with how I'm showing up in the world when I'm feeling the way I'm feeling when I'm saying those words. But the feeling is a feeling, right? Whether you say the word or not. Yes. What do you do with the feeling? If not say those words, I'm not saying that there isn't. I'm just curious. I'm that, that's actually the key point. It's 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 by not saying the word, I am stopping in a moment of experience of feeling, rather than allowing the feeling to carry through into an action. So you're saying the the saying a cuss word is a action 
of of a feeling. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's like any other habitual reaction to an overwhelming emotion. And the easy instruction I've given myself to not say that word is enough of a break in my automatic experience to stop, feel the feeling everywhere in my body and have it and dissipate it or allow it to dissipate on its own, just like I would with any other feeling that I'm meditating on. Okay, and if you say a cuss word, it does not dissipate? No, it stays in my body. It, 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 it creates another reverberation of that feeling because I hear the word come out of my mouth and it goes back into my ears and it comes and it goes through my brain again. And it, it's not, it's not that it doesn't change it, but it is, it like introduces this negativity into the room, into the other person that I'm talking to. It, it, it lets something out in a, way that doesn't resolve it the way that like loving mindful attention to how it feels does Mm -hmm. and what what happens on the other end of feeling the feeling without saying the word is the thing i mean to say in my heart has has a chance to come out instead of just the thing that like my lizard brain automatically tried to say I mean, what about when you say them in a, in in a way that's not frustrated? It's more playful. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I think that is probably something that I don't want to inhibit myself from doing. But what I'm finding so far is that it's better training of this habit to. To, to concentrate on the words first and and like it it will hopefully get to a point where i don't have to monitor myself this way anymore because the habit has changed and mm-hmm. i can like say those words intentionally but what i have found like i went out to dinner with my brother last night by ourselves and my brother and i have a highly profane manner of speaking to one another when yeah. we are alone. And I found myself going back into that mode of speaking just because I was hanging out with him and was intentional about it for a little while and then realized after 15 or 20 minutes at one point that I had just gone right back into my old thought patterns and wasn't thinking about it anymore. But it sounds like it with your with your brother are you expressing frustration or are you just playing you know well we were talking about serious things okay and i when i would get worked up about a serious thing i would say a word it's it wasn't real frustration it wasn't like anger i wasn't angry at him mm-hmm. but there but there there was a it's it's what i was starting to feel was how conditioned speech is for me i'm i don't know how universal to make that claim but like the way i speak in ordinary consciousness 
is kind of a like a, a, a pattern. And when I got to his house, I was not speaking in a pattern. I was speaking in a very intentional way. And then by halfway through the dinner, I felt like my old self again in a way that was very obvious uh, and had to do with mindfulness of speech. So I started mm-hmm. watching it again and, and I, and I, and it kind of corrected itself. I mean, again, it's not about the words. It's about the consciousness. And I, I mean, I, I think that this is, there's like a very general Zen principle at play here, which is like, once you become accustomed to Zen practice, it becomes casual and the idea that you have to do it in this formal rigorous way drops away and the forms and rigor become hindrances or uh, attachments. And that's exactly how I feel like this is going. It's like I have this formal practice, which is like stop cursing mm-hmm. and every time I start cursing again, it's like, no, 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 start, stop cursing. No more yeah, cursing. But- what what about what does that do to you by like telling yourself like no 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 don't curse? Well, it does the same thing that telling yourself that you're meditating wrong because you're getting distracted does at the beginning of Zen practice, which is it creates a bunch of confusion and severity and strictness, but that that keeps you on the cushion long enough for you to realize that and then drop it. And then the, the, the habitual thought patterns of self-judgment and all that stuff that, that caused you to react that way, those themselves drop away. And so that's what I'm seeing happen is like the habitual thought patterns of uh, anger and frustration and uh, aggression that are embedded in my language are starting to drop away so that the idea of cursing that way doesn't even come up as much mm-hmm. it hasn't gone away but that's what i'm that's what i have realized that i'm training i'm not training myself to to uh run away in avoidance every time four letters of the english alphabet line themselves up in a certain <laughs> way in my mouth i'm training myself to like breathe and think and uh, speak more slowly and carefully. And this way of doing it is really effective at getting underneath a very, a very conditioned pattern of my speech that I could, I bet we could think of more that are less upsetting to consider uh, that, that are very common. Like how about pronouns? Like people like defaulting to he or she pronouns with people. And having to relearn to speak that way. It is uh, tough. It is tough. Yeah. And and there are probably more unconscious cultural ways of speaking that we learn from our families or our social environments Mm -hmm. that don't really communicate who we are. Yeah. I mean, there's there's always new new words and ways of of speaking about people that, uh, you know, that we have to practice regularly for it to uh be something that's effortless like you're saying Mm -hmm. is there an example from your life that 
like if you clear your mind of all the ideas about cursing, like is there any kind of mindful speech that you've had to teach yourself? Yeah. Well, when you're when you're talking to people in general, you know, mm. uh, it it can be really easy, especially when you're talking about a sensitive topic to to hurt their feelings. Mm hmm. Um, and then you don't really get what you want out of the conversation inevitably. So even from like a selfish perspective, you want to use certain words and phrases. You know, we we're talking about conflict, for example. You don't want to say words like you did this, you did that, you mm -hmm. know, and it's mm -hmm. really easy because that's kind of like how what our perception of the events are is that they did right. this thing. And then I, and then that caused you to become upset or angry. But that's not really how they see it. And you can't like push that perception on them because then it just sounds like you're blaming them for your fe own feelings. Yeah. So that's where, yeah, that's where like I've definitely had more practice with the, with right speech. And, you know, if you're and I think that these, you know, practicing it is really important because. When you get into a situation like that, you're already frustrated. Uh -huh. And, you know, you want to express that frustration like you're talking about. And, you know, it doesn't always come in the form of swear words for me, but it can come in the form of blaming something, somebody else for your own emotions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think it's a perfect example. And it's, it's, it sounds in a way maybe more obviously um, hurtful because of, because of the ways that it sort of imposes your reality on the other person, mm -hmm. uh, or, or, or excludes them, excludes their experience. But I think what it comes down to, it, and I think what we need to understand is that why we're saying it the way we are is because we want to be validated. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think that when, if we go back to, to um you know swear words it's like well i'm saying this because i'm frustrated and if i say it out loud other people might know that i'm frustrated really you want that like compassion and uh, and validation and understanding from other people when mm -hmm. you're when you're sort of reacting mm -hmm. but of course that's not when people are going to give it to you <laughs> right or or it's not who they're going to give it to and that's sort of how it connects to the thing I'm doing to me. It's like, it's not, it's it, the, the communication between two people in a given situation is not really about the authentic expression coming out of the person's mouth, getting heard by the other person and translated into like a, an accurate image of that person. It's like, it's, it, well, actually let me put that a different way. You, you want to be validated, so you use the, the quickest route to get there verbally, which is like, this is what I want validated. Mm -hmm. These words, like I've packaged it up for you. But what the person on the other end of that receives is like, that person is trying to make me feel something, change me, yeah. impose yeah. themselves on me. But what, but if what, if what, if what you are able to express in the moment is I am vulnerable and hurting and in need of validation, which is, which is 
you could just say, but also you could you could demonstrate by being tender instead of being angry uh, in your in your way of expressing that like automatically draws out compassion from someone. And what I what I'm trying to get at, and maybe this is language that you don't like or don't believe or or whatever, but but like the the way that I experience that is that it's an energy question. It's like, what energy are you, are you radiating in the conversation? And that isn't always, maybe even often reflected in the words that you're saying. It's what's behind them. So the, 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 and, and, and what, even if what you're saying is like, I am right and you are wrong. That's not what they're getting. You know, they're not getting, oh, I'm, I am wrong and they are right. Like the words, the words are not where the experience is. The real trick to making your message clear because you're, you have an emotion and there's nothing wrong with that emotion by itself, whether it's negative or positive. And I think that's what I was trying to get at the beginning. Like, I don't yeah. want to repress emotions just so we don't say curse words. But yeah. but you're right. It is the reaction to the emotion. So we have an emotion and we react to it, right? Um, the tricky part is to turn an emotion like frustration and anger into something tender, like you're saying. Like, yes. You have to be very you have to practice it a lot (laughs) there's no other way around it but i think i think when it's working what happens is not that you exude nothing but positive vibes and rainbows at the person but that they see you feeling hard feelings and they watch you as you sublimate it into something compassionate in front of them and that's what elicits sympathy is like you're mad and, and I'm not talking about some intentional thing. I'm talking about just what happens between people when it's going well. It's like the other person is hurting and you can tell and then they take a deep breath and what, the, what comes out instead is beautiful instead of cruel. And that's the moment where compassion overwhelms you and you want to go toward the person rather than away from them. And that is what the outside of the process that I'm talking about looks like. It's not a stuffing down of the feeling into some hole in your leg or something. It is because that would still come out or you, or even if it didn't come out of your mouth, it would come out in like your posture or, or in some, something about your bearing that would still be containing that negative charge. But if you go, if it goes all the way through you and the person can see it go through you and feel it go through you and it goes through and then what comes out next is something rooted in understanding that there's two of you in this situation, not just one. It, that transformation is beautiful and it is compelling. And that's what the end goal of successfully training yourself out of programmed responses to negativity looks like. I think really, though, like that that on the on the cushion when you're sitting you're you're practicing those kind of things too 
because mm -hmm. inevitably these emotions arise and come forth. And I think that there is this tricky bit about you want to control the emotion, but that's not really what's happening. You're being compassionate to yourself and therefore people will be compassionate to you. And so you're not saying this is bad, this is bad, why am I feeling this way? It's like, okay, I recognize that emotion. It's okay that I feel this way. What can I do to help myself not feel this way? Or what can I do to just be there for myself while I feel this way? Householders is a production of the Atlanta Soto Zen Center in Atlanta, Georgia, and the Silent Thunder Order. Find us on the web at ASZC.org. Our Sangha depends on your support. You can donate by PayPal to donate at storder.org. Gasho.